0: Ladies and gentlemen, your regularly scheduled episode of Little Red Bandwagon will commence immediately after this special voicemail from Hillary, the H-bomb, Livingston Butler.
1: Okay, hi guys. It's Hillary. Um, it's Saturday night, and I'm in New Orleans with my two best friends, Missy and Emily. I'm pretty drunk, and we're about to go to bed, but I just wanted to give a little update. Um, I almost got into a fight with a baby boomer because she thought I was going to spill my drink on her and I almost tipped it over on her. So that was awesome. Um, we saw a parade. I got a, I got, um, one bead necklace, but I didn't show my boobs. So that was good. It
2: was, it was not that kind of
1: parade. It wasn't that kind of parade, but it was really fun regardless. Um, anyway, um, I miss all you guys and... Um, I'll see you next week, maybe. Anyway. Uh <laughs> um i afraid of getting spanked. <laughs> I I was afraid of getting spanked. Um It was that kind of parade. It was that kind of braid. <laughs> um Anyway, I miss you guys. Love you. Bye.
0: Little Red Bandwagon, your podcast that's technically about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. From the Garden View studios in the historic Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York. That's right, I'm home. I am Robert Bobby Pape. And joining me from the Stick a Butter studios in the beautiful suburban New Brighton, Minnesota, where all of the women are strong, all of the men are good looking, and all of the grocery stores' parking availability is above average. It's (laughs) Anne with a Planned Lund Home. Good morning, Anne.
2: Good morning, Bobby. So, so much parking at the Whole Foods last night. (laughs) (laughs) And from the new home-scented studios to be named later
0: in Hockey Town TM, the Paris of the Midwest, home of Motown, and the People Mover, it's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith.
3: Wow, good morning, Bobby. Yeah, that's pretty much all our names. Yeah. You got it.
0: And from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain of Yarn Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas... It's the only host today who's probably not looking out his window at snow, Michael Andrew Drew McFrizz, jail dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bobby. I told you I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. The Paris of of the the Midwest? Is
4: that what? Yep. the upper? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll That's... have to ask
3: Luke if we're in the Midwest or not, technically, according to him. Um...
4: I never, I don't, I don't think of you... Just because of the time zone, I don't think of you as Midwest, but I mean, geographically, it's very Midwest. I don't know mm-hmm. what they did with the time zones there.
0: but The Midwest is a big place, which I'm sure we'll get to on this week's recap. But first, we have some LRB business, then that we can review, followed by some frizzled housekeeping and how to get involved. Uh, some business to cover before we get started, though. First, uh, Anne's going to let me talk this week, so let me tell you more about the waffles in Orlando.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go.
2: We had this discussion already, Bobby.
0: <laughs> uh, Orlando was great. Um, it was my first trip to Florida. I did not end up with a machete. I did not end up naked in the streets. I did not end up high on any bath salts. Hmm. Uh, we spent seems day... like s-
2: some sort of unsuccessful trip then. <laughs>
0: Well, no, unsuccessful was the trip home, but uh, we did a day at Magic Kingdom. We did a day at both Universal Studios, including the Hogwarts train that connects them. Um, And then we spent a day sort of bumming around and going to Disneyland. Wait, 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 wait.
4: What? There's a Hogwarts train that connects Universal and Disneyland? No, that is the (laughs) world.
0: The two parks at Universal are connected by a train, the same train that takes those children to their magic school
2: do you leave from platform nine and three quarters do they do all of that we actually arrived at
0: platform nine and three quarters because we went from the oh, Harry Potter side to the right right end of the semester
4: <laughs> do you have to do you have to get on the train with the your your like people like would I have to get on with the Griffle puffers or or can you mix <laughs> together with other people
0: uh, they let us miss, uh, mix in fact we were put in a in a train car with some strangers who were, you know, moderately annoying. Uh, my biggest disappointment was we got off at platform nine and three quarters and I was looking for the bloody spots on the brick wall where all the dumb children tried to run through <laughs> right, the platform. Right. Ooh, And could not find any. It's dark. I expected to see a lot of busted noses from sad children and I was dismayed not to find any.
4: Wishful thinking on your part, Bobby. Children yeah.
0: Children are fine in small doses. Um, oh God! Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail about the number of children on my flights, but let's just say direct flights to Orlando are designed for Disney families. So,
4: I, I so. think when when you take an Orlando vacation, you give up the right to complain about children.
5: Oh yes, you know, yeah, yeah, as sure.
4: an adult, when you say I'm going to buy my tickets and go to Orlando to oh, these yeah. places. Uh, yep. you can't complain i mean a kid could come at you with a katana and and gut you and you'd have to be like well
3: <laughs> i did sign up for this so. <laughs> i did buy the ticket so on the katana oh, yes. flight though <laughs> well
5: well
4: you know some it's if it's florida you can bring your own if you want you know if you don't want to buy one there one of those overpriced katanas
0: tsa is weirdly lax about the katanas yeah Uh, yeah, no, Orlando was great. We also, uh, you know, we just drove around a bit. We took it, I've realized that that part of Orlando, we're not even in, you know, downtown Orlando, Disney's a whole world into itself down in the Celebration Florida area. Um, it is essentially Vegas without the gambling because it's nothing but chain restaurants and cheap hotels. So it's like old Vegas without the gambling. Um, Mm -hmm. there's just, I mean, because when you're not at the park, the entire economy of that area is designed around feeding, countless mm-hmm. children
5: mm-hmm.
0: uh and so we went to a cc's pizza buffet which is the first time i had ever been to a cc's even though we get bombarded with commercials for cc's here um and we don't have any and i would say it was pretty good for the price <laughs> for what it is and that was pretty much the whole experience of things in orlando uh that weren't the parks like um they're surprisingly efficient at shuffling parents yeah. and their sticky children in and out of everything
4: can't believe i mean Stop bragging about the fancy restaurants you go to on vacation. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Make us feel terrible about
5: ourselves.
0: uh, Because of timing constraints, I never got to a Waffle House, which was unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Uh, The flight back was delayed and delayed and delayed forever to Buffalo and then couldn't land in Buffalo because of snow squalls. So we got rerouted to Boston and I was supposed to be in Boston the next morning anyway. So I ended up just getting off the plane and not getting back on. And so I gave Sam my car keys and wished her well and sent her on her way home. <laughs> uh, my morning flight had been canceled to Boston anyway. So it's kind of like the flight took a detour just for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, other than that, everything worked out well. And if my throat's a little sore. I think one of those children gave me, I don't know, MRSA, <laughs> SARS, <laughs>
3: <laughs> one of those. MRSA in your throat.
0: Yeah. So otherwise yeah. great trip um i'm glad i experienced it all the consumerism and marketing of it was really incredible the the production values of putting on those shows the the mardi gras parade at universal was really incredible um but i'm also probably okay if i never go again
2: yeah now you've so. done
0: it,
4: well so has you know. uh, sam always been a big fan of of that type of thing Has has she been there before
0: she's been a few times and she mainly wanted me to see it. Like she wanted to see me mm-hmm. the way parents take their children to see it through <laughs> their children's eyes.
4: Everybody has to go see that stuff once. At exactly. Least. You got to You got to know what you're, what you're, if you're going to hate it, you got to know what you're hating. Right you now.
0: Uh, I was super disappointed to not meet up with Lauren in Jacksonville. She offered to come down, uh, and meet at Disney Springs, which is the, the giant shopping mall that's Disney branded. Um, but we just, the timing just couldn't work out. I mean, we were only there for a couple of days and if we're going to pay for park tickets, you better believe we were there when the park opened and we were there until the park closed both days. So, yeah. wow. Oh yeah. I'm getting every dollar's worth out of that. The Simpsons land at universal was also really incredible. It just, um, it was very much reminding me of my childhood. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Simpsons stuff. So be into that. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of, um well it did stink. That's the best transition I have. What's up with Abby?
4: <laughs> well <clears throat> I, I woke up uh uh it was about seven thirty or so and and uh got got myself ready to go and by the time I emerged from uh from the master bedroom it was about eight fifteen and um the house smelled like someone tried to start an outboard motor after covering themselves with onions Uh, i don't know it was it was a weird smell um apparently abby i didn't know that this had happened once before but i you know i was probably out of it from some surgery or maybe even not here but she tangled with a skunk this morning and she got herself a real good real good stink going um So, uh, Emily had dealt with all of this before I even, uh, got up. I, I heard some commotion going on, but I wasn't gonna, you know, it takes me like 15 minutes to put my legs on and come out. So the place has to be burning, you know, or, or, you know, there has to be more going on than, than like Abby, you know? <laughs> so I come out and, 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 uh, everything's been brought to you know the state that, it could have been brought to by, by Emily, you know, kind of, the house smells bad. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't smell like skunk. It smells like something else. But, um, what, what she was able to do, uh, because Abby doesn't like baths. It's not her thing. She doesn't really cooperate. And she's, you know, she's to the point where she's hard to pick up or whatever and put her in the bath. But Emily figured out a way to trick her. Into going, not only going into the bathroom, but you know, getting into the bathtub and all this. But by um, she she went online and said, "Well, oh, I need a uh, a recipe on how to de skunkify uh, a dog." And she found one, and she just started mixing it up in a mixing bowl. And Abby thought she was cooking, <laughs> so just very attentive. I mean, just right there, just into it, and then. The mixing bowl, you know, Emily just walked down the hall with the mixing bowl and Abby's like, where's, where's all the delicious food going? Let's, let's follow that. And so she got trapped in the bathroom and then eventually (laughs) trapped in the tub and just it's, it's, I didn't witness this, but I've seen it before when, when Abby gets her spirit taken away and it's only a few times in her life and it's the most discouraging thing you'll ever see because she owns the world at 17 inches tall she just has to have the attitude that everything is hers and, and she looks out for her rights and everything to see her subjected to something like a bath. Um, it's just so sad. And the, but this was just Emily describing it to me. I've seen this happen to her in a other venue, but, um, and it, it, it hurts everyone when Abby does a thing like this because the house smells bad. She gets humiliated. Emily has to do all this extra work Uh, and it's just, it's not a good scene here this morning, man. It's just, it's not, it's not a good vibe in the house. Plus uh, I have to close the door to the mountain room, which means I'm in one of the rooms that doesn't have an open window right now. And, uh, it's not great. (laughs) And if you can smell it after you've been in it, you know, for hours, Mm -hmm. that means Mm. it's got to really smell. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if one of you walked in here right now, you'd probably walk right back out.
2: Sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. How much is the subscription for LRB Extra to get that scent piped through your podcast?
4: <laughs> Ooh, I could bottle it right now in this room.
0: <laughs> well, uh, thank you for your service, persevering through that <sighs> to be on the show this no. morning.
4: Uh, it's Emily's the real hero here. <laughs> I would have just taken her back to the dog store and just said, yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, See if you we were to just abandon that house and go buy a new one because of the smell, you might be in the same position that Meredith is now
3: in. Very nice. Bobby. Mm. <laughs> well this done. This house smells great still. Um, <laughs> new house smell. Yeah. Old house smell. <laughs> yeah. This house. So it it was it was built in 1927. Um, but it was also gutted and rehabbed and flipped. So, everything in it, almost everything in it, is new. They left some of the trim, and the walls on the upstairs are plaster still. But downstairs is all drywall and new trim. So, there's kind of that upstairs downstairs vibe going on, too. Um, it's an old brick Tudor. The outside is beautiful. It's got some lovely green tile accent over the, the main second floor window. Um, it's got a huge balcony. On the second floor in the back, which is more of a security risk than anything else. I'm kind of not thrilled about that, mm. but there's not much I can do about it. Um, I did get an alarm system, so there's um, sensors on every door and every window. Uh, so, you know. Now, do you
4: talk to the potential intruders like they do on the commercial, like, you better get out of here? I'd get <laughs> to step in if I were you.
3: Well, I'm just a single lady all by myself, and then there's a, a guy wearing a, a balaclava at my window with a crowbar. <laughs> mm. and i just go oh. no that's never happened this is a perfectly safe neighborhood it's a beautiful neighborhood it's called north rosedale park um it's on the west side of detroit and it's all houses that were built between 1920 and 1940 and it's like i don't know it's always been a pretty stable neighborhood it hasn't had the downturn that a lot of them had a lot of homeowners it's very quiet um and so far my neighbors are great Um, I've got two stray ish cats that live next door. Um, they live like in the neighbor's driveway and I I think he might feed them. He's kind of a, he's kind of a cantankerous old man. Like he's probably, I don't know. I shouldn't say old. He's probably 65, perfectly fine, mobile, whatever. Um, he goes out there, every morning and just throws something into his garage, which I think might be cat food. I don't, I don't really know because they have started begging me for food because they can see mm. at first glance that I'm a total sucker. Um, <laughs> and of course I've been feeding them here and there. So uh-huh. there's Easy Mark. Yeah, I know there's turning a lot. turn into
4: that cartoon all day sucker. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's me. There's a long haired black cat and a long haired calico and the calico is really vocal and she'll come up to me just screaming for food, but she won't let me touch her yet. So there's gotta be some give and take here is what I keep trying to tell her. Like,
4: You, you know what I've noticed with our calico cat? Maybe it's a thing with them is she's very affectionate and, she, and, and she always wants to be around and, and get belly rubs and all this. But when it's time to eat, she will not let me touch her. Like, hmm. like she'll come like, Come on, it's time to make the food. And I'm like, hey, let me give you a quick pet while I put my legs on. She's like, fuck you. Just keep your hands on that job over there. Put your legs <laughs> on so we can get this food. This it's food, food train rolling.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she seems pretty obsessed. The black cat doesn't beg. But the calico is definitely very vocal. She'll be out there on the side yelling and yelling and yelling. The f- the first day I moved in, so, you know, we had the polar vortex a couple of weeks ago, and the, the day I moved in, it was negative 30 degrees outside, and I didn't know where these cats came from, and there were two cats in- outside in this weather, and I felt terrible for them. So... You know, that was the beginning of my my suckerdome is I had cardboard boxes and I had lots of paper and, and paper towels. So I made them a nest and I put it out on the porch and put some food in there and they totally took advantage of it. But it, I mean, that was like that was dangerous temperatures. I think that was kind of irresponsible. So if I can if I can get a hold of these cats and get them fixed, I'm going to do that. And I also want to talk to them about like making a shelter for them because I feel bad that they're outside in this weather.
0: Do you want to talk to the cats about making a shelter for them?
3: <laughs> i want to talk to the neighbor <laughs> but the cats should have some input too like I, they can help design it and give some input on oh like what god don't get the process or... started
4: don't oh, no, talk... just make them something
0: <laughs> after the talk you're gonna have with them while you're getting them fixed i'm pretty sure you'll be open to discussing pretty much anything
3: mm-hmm. so yeah so anyway long story short great house love it so far things are basically moved in um and uh, I'm starting to figure out kind of how stuff works. My, my favorite part of this house is the kitchen. Um, it's enormous. And all the appliances are finally installed. Um, there was a bit of a saga with the microwave because the, the, the people who redid the house didn't put an uh, electrical outlet above the range for the microwave. Because it's designed to be an above the range microwave. There's like That's how the cabinets are set, but you can't put a microwave there because there's no outlet. And what I learned is that next to the, that wall in the kitchen is what used to be an outdoor porch that they enclosed and made indoor, so it's an outside wall. Um, so I had to have an electrician over and spend about $300 to have him drill two huge holes in the wall to pull a line up from another outlet where the stove was plugged in, which is not great. Um, so that's the only thing I'm a little worry about is I can't have anything else on those outlets. <laughs> like you know, blow the mm-hmm. blow the fuse. So but that's it. It's got you know, it it all works. It's okay.
0: Do you want to tell us uh if you're closer to the autozone or the C V S so that we can start to triangulate your specific location <laughs> in your new neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: I will say there's a church's chicken, but I'm in Detroit, so that's not going to narrow anything down.
4: <laughs> neither with Little Caesars.
5: In that's Detroit. why I didn't that's ask not about not the Little Caesars. Yeah. Here, right?
3: <laughs> so we have to name the studios, and we don't have to force anything. We can just let it happen. But um, I was, you know, this house was built in 1927, and so I was kind of looking at all the other stuff that happened in 1927. And there were some real boring things, like the Holland Tunnel. Under the Hudson River opened. Who cares about that? The Spirit of St. Louis. Um, the Ford Model A is the one that caught my eye. So, 27 mm-hmm. is the year that the Model T stopped production and the Model A took its place. And I was lo- I was reading more about the Model A and I realized that um, one of the nicknames for it is A Bone. Okay. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Okay. I don't understand why right. you would
2: throw such red meat to Mike and Bobby.
3: Because <laughs> I like to set them up.
2: Sorry,
0: I sorry for my delayed reaction. I'm just over here licking my chops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a bone. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. No. Well, see, the problem is that's a that's a decent studio nickname, but it's a better host nickname. Right. Right.
4: I know. You can add it I to know my list. <laughs> We, we haven't yeah, yeah, they, they're, yeah, they're yeah, It doesn't really work for any of our names except Anne, maybe. Yeah, A-Bone. Right. I'm doing <laughs> A-Bone.
3: So we can workshop that offline if we have to, but I, I just had uh, to mention that little factoid.
0: Our houses are built around the same time. That's exciting.
3: Because
0: mm. this was 1929, but the connecting lane was built in 27. Uh, it took them a couple of years to get all the way back to where our house is, so. We're right in that same late jazz age era, which I know you're excited about.
3: (laughs) Yep. I very much love that.
0: Uh, Not to push us to move on, but to avoid a three-hour show. And Mm -hmm. I think we have some general throw your phone
2: moments. We do. We got a couple of really good general throw your phones this week. Let's start with one from Sadie. A little bit delayed response to the road trip clip show. Sadie says a big hug my phone to type a hyper organized list making Jen Andrews after clip show 380 her RV trip rules really spoke to me especially since I'm currently on maternity leave and resorted to a daily checklist to make myself feel like a useful human adding that X next to tummy time or shower for baby and mom respectively is so satisfying thanks Jen for being my people thanks Sadie and baby Eleanor is real cute. Real cute. From one super organized person to another, I salute you. <laughs> uh, we got to throw your phone from Ross. Speaking of super cute babies, he, uh, I mean, that has nothing to do with the throw so your phone, but Ross has one. He says, sorry if this oh, is Ross. Oh, I Rob thought you said versus- saying Ross is a super cute baby.
4: <laughs> hey, Ross. We're getting phones
2: from babies? This is Awesome. Uh, Ross says, sorry if this has been covered or is an unpopular opinion. It is not. Every time Luke uses that tinny, awful sound machine, I start cringing and sighing with exasperation, especially during the overly long birthday segment. I'm beginning to worry that the other people on the train are questioning my sanity. (laughs) I did mention how much I hate that sound machine during the Blur's days because I think Luke spends more time like looking for the sound effects than listening to Andrew do the blurs days. So he's really distracted. I don't like it. And that burp sound effect is so Uh, nasty.
3: It's like they're they're taking a terrible segment and just, just looking for ways to make it even worse. (laughs) Hey
4: Ross, not to, not to edit you, but overly long is not necessary uh, in, in this, in this throw your phone during the, Birthday segment, just say that.
5: It's, yeah, it's it goes fine. without
3: saying. It's redundant. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just my old broadcast, you know, degree coming back on me. So there's no reason for those two words, overly long. I mean, there implied. could be
2: a properly long birthday segment. <laughs> yeah, Not on TBTL, that, but there could be. <laughs> one somewhere.
4: where where Andrew says happy birthday to Luke, because his is the only birthday that's that's public. So exactly. really, that's the only birthday wish acceptable so.
2: yeah uh thank you Ross. do we have any, any
4: other of those stupid throw your phones as as andrew would say
2: <laughs> didn't he say that, that he that called these it like throw stupid? your phone bowl or something? bullshit bullshit. <laughs> yeah, bullshit yeah that's he, right that's he, he right. didn't Not like stupid, being on the stens bullshit. page because of all the throw your phone bullshit and i was like right. well fuck you too He's really amalgamated
4: bro? a bunch of stuff together that you know he's really made himself a negative Sandwich out of mm-hmm. out of a lot of ingredients,
2: <laughs> but not cheese or mayo. Yeah, Aoli, exactly.
4: none maybe. of the good stuff.
3: <laughs> not mayo. As long as it's not called mayo, it's fine.
2: Right. right. Uh, let's
3: do one more.
2: BS. Throw your phone from Bet. She says, hugged my phone when Mike talked about Bobby's transition from R to B. My husband Robert always went by Bobby, and now he's Bob. So B to B transition. Hmm. how did you feel mm-hmm. about that bobby that we <clears throat> talked about you when i mean you were there but you weren't allowed to comment right i was <laughs> just <laughs> sitting there <laughs> like a dope <dummy. laughs> i was
0: champing at the bit to speak uh-huh. up but uh i didn't want to get the uh, the wrath of Anne brought mm-hmm. down on me um a bone
5: oh <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> uh, this couldn't have worked out better um It's interesting because I didn't think of it as that big of a deal. Um, Mike, you thought of me as a Robert because I was Robert on Facebook for Mm -hmm. all of those years. And the reason I was Robert on Facebook is because way back when I got Facebook in fall of 2004, it was still tied to your EDU email address. And so back then it was just sort of oh
4: those are the bad old days of the the rate rate the co-eds back in, back when facebook was just you know oh well, that's bobby have- hey, he's a
0: 7.4 or something you know? thank you, you. Had to have an 7. 4 any day
3: to sign up like <laughs> it was nice then because your parents couldn't join
0: right Uh, It it was only academic, and they were adding more and more schools, and so when when UB got added was right before I got there, and so I signed up for what might have still been the Facebook back then, Mm -hmm. and I signed up with my UB email, which was Robert Pape, because that's my government, Robert Lawrence Pape, and uh, you know it just was what it was, and I just never changed it, but I've always been a Bobby. And you brought back memories, Mike, bad, bad memories of one of my elementary school teachers who sat me down one day and said, look, we cannot call you Bobby if you write Robert on where it says to write your name on things. You've got to pick one. And and mm-hmm. I, I think I said something back to the effect of ask anyone named Jack if this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not complicated. We do this all the time in the world. People have nicknames. Mm -hmm. it's not it's not hard and so I've I've always been Bobby to my friends and Robert on paper but I did finally change it on Facebook what a couple of years ago a few years ago now just because you know Facebook is a place for friends and parents and the suburbs of the internet but I don't know enough people call me Bobby that I finally just I don't know I got impulsive and changed it one day
4: so I got to start calling you Bobby before Facebook did only because we became real friends instead of just fake Facebook friends so I I think I was just barely ahead of you changing it on Facebook. Right.
5: Like... You
0: probably helped usher that in because I realized, you know, a real friend of mine did not realize that I was a Bobby. So, <laughs> and this is, this, this is a family thing. This asshole keeps
4: calling me Robert. I...
0: <laughs> Everybody in my family to ends, stop it. ends in mm-hmm. a Y. My mother's Candy, my aunt and uncle are Terry and Peggy, mm-hmm. flip-flop that. I didn't say those in the order that I announced them in. Uh, my grandmother was Betty, so the why thing is just sort of a running thing. Like Growing up, I was always Bobby, so that's it. I, I did have people tell me that when I grew up, I was going to have to give up Bobby because it's not an adult name. It's a kid's mm-hmm. name, and I believe I referenced Bobby Kennedy to tell them that I thought Bobby it would be or- okay. Yeah. Come on. So, so far, so good. There's some, there some
4: clutch bobbies. There's some clutch bobbies in the up. world.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd like to consider myself among the clutch bobbies someday. I've achieved that. <laughs> That'd be a goal. <laughs> sure. So, no, thank you, Bet. And also, Bet, hey, I've been living in town for like a year now, and we still haven't gotten together, so we need to fix that. Uh, drop me a line and we'll... Bette and I live like 10 miles apart from each other. We just need to rally all three Buffalo 10s for a meetup.
2: Yeah, get on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Time for the weekend review. Uh, Monday,
2: twenty eight
4: thirty four. The Marie Condor method. Uh, Luke is in Bellingham. He's very cold. Um, I don't know whether their furnace is is working at this point, or if they're just, you know, like like us, and just don't want to spend the money, so you keep it at a pretty cold, cold temperature in your house. So, but if if that's the case, you do, you can't complain. Like. We keep our house cold, but I don't. I'm never going to get on here and say, "My house is so cold." Well, why don't you turn up the heat? I'm too cheap. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that's my problem. So, um, so I'm not sure about that. But he's awaiting the next storm. They they're between storms there in in Seattle. Uh, as the a bone rolls her eyes, I can just I can I can see it. God damn it! Um, how did
2: you know?
5: Yes. <laughs>
4: they're between light dustings of snow um the andrew talks about some msnbc guy who stormed off his own podcast that sounds pretty cool you just turn on the mics and then you just someone else talks and you get mad and you leave that's awesome
2: <laughs> i bl- it was I mean, a go um, seek that out it was I a believe. howard schultz thing it's a guy who's a republican and never trumper And Mm -hmm. he became a campaign advisor, I guess a a pre-campaign advisor to Howard Schultz. And so now the people on his podcast are like, look, if you're going to be involved with the presidential campaign, we're going to talk about this. And so they started pushing him on Howard Schultz's positions and he got pissed off and said, I'm out of here.
4: Yeah. um, this, This Howard Schultz thing, Seems very, very ill-conceived.
3: Oof, it, nobody likes it. I,
4: I, no, nobody likes And that was kind of a dirty little secret. It was, everyone thought, oh, it's just those stupid Sonics fans hate him. No, no, nobody likes him. I mean, they don't hate him. Most people don't hate him as much as, as I do or, or we do, my group of, of band of idiots. Uh, but, but there's not a lot of people out there going, you know what the world needs is Howard Schultz. You know, in mm-hmm. charge of of more stuff. No, no, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Uh, it they talk about how th- it's a snow day, and Andrew and Luke want to experience a snow day. But especially in Andrew's life, every day is a snow day because he yeah. really doesn't have to ever mm-hmm. leave the house or do or do anything besides you walk through the grocery store parking lot and take pictures of people till he gets punched in the head. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh Luke talks about his escape from Seattle the day be- uh on Friday I think it was when he had to be on the um, the weekend review on KOW and then try to get home and he did. He got he had he beat the storm essentially cuz cause, cause he's Luke. And I don't root against Luke um like out on the freeways. I root against him in airports for sure, but out on the freeway where someone else is going to get hurt, and it won't just be him, you know, on his skateboard going through that plate glass window at the <laughs> at the sports bar.
0: The Chili's to go, you know, Actually,
4: <laughs> when he's trying to go eighty miles an hour in the snow, uh, and his car is telling him, eh, eh, um, "I'm I'm with the car. Slow down. Don't get in an accident." Um, yep. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know. This is we this don't want
0: is to an, hear. A, a note from friday but we can go ahead and cover it now that's not a governor mm-hmm. in that car that's just that car saying i'm fucking cold this is as hard as i yes. can work
3: yeah mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah that was a weird story um yeah. he, luke jogged apparently in the bad weather and then he <laughs> went to a casino he jogged uh, home for some reason.
2: from the car rental place. <laughs>
4: oh, right. He jogged home from the car rental Was place.
2: Was he carrying his bag? Did he have a backpack? How did this work?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. He has his roller bag or rolly bag behind him.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if yeah, it's his tummy uh, bag, it can probably handle it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I say this as a fellow Tumi bag user. I I wouldn't jog with it, but that's just because I wouldn't jog. Stop.
3: Maybe he Brian got something overpriced.
0: you have Tumi bags.
3: <laughs> pizza buffet.
0: Cece's <laughs> had a macaroni Man. and cheese pizza that was pretty on point. Ugh. I mean, I'll I'll say I... the same thing I say about a lot of a lot of pizza. It was good for the price. That Bobby, so you're, you're both the
4: oldest. You're both the oldest person on the planet and the youngest. If you're eating macaroni and cheese pizza, that's for, that's for. yeah. You
0: you don't go to a place like that and half-ass it. They had it. I had oh. to try it.
4: Okay. Had to. Did you have some applesauce too? Did you? I mean, what what else? What else did you have? Some, some a juice box.
0: <laughs> right. Did you have a little bit of pudding. No, no, no. They a had unlimited soda fountain refills, so you know. Worthers in the glove box of the car.
3: (laughs) Oh, they would have melted. Wash your hands. Uh, No, no, no.
0: Worthers hold their shape quite nicely, actually.
3: You would know. Yeah, actually,
4: they do. Uh, There's a long analysis of sober gambling. I guess, you know, Luke predictably didn't get much out of his um, sober visit to the casino. Uh, We did get a throw your phone here. We actually got a couple... um, from uh justina but the first one is about about this uh this gambling thing and uh she says i hope that no one listening to tbtl thinks for one second that luke knows anything about how brains work it turns out hold actually uh, she doesn't say buy a hat but i'm putting this in buy a hat hold the fuck on to it now <laughs> that people often have both substance abuse and gambling addictions go figure citations provided upon request um, I'm a little bit confused by that. Does she mean that that what Luke was saying, that a lot of the times the heavy gamblers aren't the drinkers, is not true? Or is she saying it is true? Yeah, Did you I think guys- that is
3: what she's saying. Because there are plenty of people who have both drinking problems and gambling problems. Luke was trying to draw a line between the two.
4: Uh, well, I kind of got what Luke was saying because I've spent a lot more time gambling than... A lot of people, not as maybe not as much as Luke, and and not the the kind of ways that he does. But I know that when I have gotten involved in games like uh, poker, where you have to pay attention and you have to make smart moves. I mean, like I could sit and play blackjack and get wasted all day because I have a set of rules I play with, and it's just hard and fast. And you don't, you know, I'm not going to screw up. But but there's so many more variables in a game like poker that a lot of times those people are fucking stone sober for as long as it takes, even if they are, mm-hmm. you know, hardcore addicts that while they play, they're sober because they're just separated from your money so quickly. If you're a dumb b drunk uh, or c both, which would be like my nephew. Um, you know, I don't know, so I can see both sides of this because, yeah, I mean, it's addictive personality. Uh, you, you get involved in all kinds of things, but but there is something about your your super hardcore table gamblers sometimes where they, you know, drinking is not their thing. They they're not getting high because they they foolishly, after thousands of of uh, ill advised hours in the casino, still think they can win and beat
2: everyone.
5: So.
2: <laughs> well, I I think it's pretty undeniable that. Uh, alcoholism can amplify gambling addictions. Mm-hmm. So, not to say that you can't have one without the other, but I think in in concert, for a lot of people, there's definitely a thing going on there.
4: Well, things escalate a lot faster too. If uh, if if you're if you're addicted to gambling and you're you're terrible at it because you're using substances, your money's gonna be gone so fast. You're gonna hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. a lot faster so maybe that maybe that's a good thing mm-hmm. uh,
2: you're gonna be yeah. luke at the atm not being able to remember mm-hmm. how to get money out of it
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh let's see okay um andrew wanted to always wanted to kill the bouncer at closing time because he was getting hollered at basically, you know, because the bouncer's <laughs> got to get everyone out of there. And some guy starts hollering and Andrew takes it personally. What is this hollering <laughs> bullshit?
2: <laughs> because the bouncer is not individually going to each table and saying, um,
5: folks, I just wanted to let you
2: know, we're wrapping things up here. So if you want to just finish up those drinks, no rush, no rush, but then you to settle up on
3: your tabs and, uh, and move on. That'd be great. Thanks so much. It's, it's been a long time since I've closed down a bar, but they there's plenty of, of warning. You know, they they, they start turning mm-hmm. the lights up, um, they start putting on either no yeah. music or awful music, and they don't st- start hollering at you until you've really overstayed your welcome.
0: Right, right. That right. at that point song. you're not getting late anyway, so
4: just mm-hmm. go song home. It's third loop. <laughs> yeah,
3: mm-hmm. you can see everyone in full bright light, so you're not going home with anyone. You just just get out, <laughs> just go home.
0: They roll out one of those super magnifying mirrors that scared the shit out of Mike.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm out. <laughs> I can't look at that monster.
2: <laughs> Not going home with myself at this point.
4: No. <laughs> Where's that guy going? Because I ain't going there. Um That fucking garbage day talk. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean when the, when this stuff happens in Seattle yeah you, no one's going to pick up your garbage i'm sorry like you can't you can't get your volkswagen golf around the corner i don't want you know um i don't want trash trucks careening around my neighborhood when there's no that the streets haven't been salted and just no i mean it'll melt this is seattle it's going to melt just wait till it melts and put your garbage out there's no reason to give it another thought Okay. Uh, Grammy talk. Um, Luke thinks everyone was talking about it. Luke thinks everybody's talking about whatever he looked at. Right. Um, mm-hmm. n- nobody I know is talking about the Grammys. No one ever gives a fuck about the Grammys, including someone who they brought on the show to talk about the Grammys who didn't even watch the Grammys back in the day and who, who shall not be named, but was on Christie's flight um, coming back from uh, from Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> And was panicking about there being ice on the window when they were landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know you get ice on your car, too, while you're driving it? You know, you, sometimes the vehicle you're in when it's real cold, the, the, you know, you get ice on it. It ices <laughs> up. <laughs> but <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, you're not flying the plane from row 32E, you know, you, from, from your seat in 32E. So your view out the window is not important. There's a window that's important, and I guarantee you it's fine. The window that 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 needs to be seen out of... It's yeah, fine. it got a little wipers
2: on it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get at us. You Yeah, wipers, you get
4: that little button and it just swish, swish. Is that how it works? <sighs> anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting... I'm still mad about the garbage day thing, so I need to get down off that. Top story. I meant to go look at this. It sounds cute. A condor hugs a guy every once in a while. Comes back. You know, Guy took care of the condor. A, a hug from a condor. Yeah, that... I mean, that's like that's like shade. I mean, that's like, that's like Mm -hmm. walking into a teepee or something. Right. I mean,
2: I don't know that I would go in for that hug.
4: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. I once gave a, I once gave a treat to a, a mastiff and my whole hand disappeared into this mastiff's mouth (laughs) (laughs) and, and emerged without the treat and with nothing but a little slobber on it. I just think there's like, you know, an animal that, could easily kill you it's like it's like being a a huge human you have to be a nice person you have to be a nice guy because people are always going to be like oh boy this guy over here you know i'm just saying you have to be a nice condor if you're gonna start hugging people everyone's asking oh he's one of the good ones this condor over here
0: i wonder how many treats Uh, that mastiff got for your watch
4: (laughs) oh yeah my
0: watch and my watch
4: once he passed it, I'm sure they took it, washed it up, oh. and got, got a pretty pretty penny for it. Um, those
0: Timex's are pretty water resistant. It's fine.
4: I don't mess with Timex. Casio is my, more my spirit.
0: But...
2: Mike Swatch. Luke F-
4: <laughs> I had one of those back in the day. Maybe a couple. We had tons remember. of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we sold them in our sporting goods store or something. Like that, so I think I... St- Dole a couple from our my, my family business. Um Luke finds out that fish are smart and feel pain and have side projects and <laughs> are <laughs> sensitive about their weight, you know. I mean all right. All right. That's all I gotta say about that. Um throw your phone which one is this now? Um is that okay. the other one from Justina. Just- yeah, Justina. Good lord. Luke thought all birds are stupid. Somebody sent him links to those videos of crows using tools and cracking nuts and using cars and sidewalks. They're smarter than some people I know. Yeah, crows are evil and smart, mm-hmm. and so are grackles. Mm-hmm. Emily hates grackles. They're a they're, they're cuter crow, kind of. Um, uh, but let's see, Justina. Uh. Isn't bird brain a term for a reason though? I mean, some birds are smart, but aren't those the exceptions? I don't know. I mean what what do I know? Maybe those birds are are drinking and playing cards and they're they're doing just carrots and stuff
3: that can talk.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trainable. I guess. I mean
3: a sparrow isn't gonna be helping anyone out. But
4: No. (laughs) But like a, maybe a velociraptor and- with wings yeah those crows and stuff that can help you out with that uh all right um let's see back to uh another top story retail arbitrage um i couldn't be less interested in this they they <laughs> they call it treasure hunting um i just think it's like it's like a hobby for people who can't afford a uh, a metal detector you know, who don't have the $126 to get a metal detector? Just
0: borrow Jeremy's. It's fine.
4: <laughs> There's no treasure, guys. I mean, at uh, driving to Round Rock during rush hour to pick up, you know, 25 cases of, of light bulbs so I can make four cents a piece on them. Um, that's not treasure hunting. You know, it's... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm all for people getting their hustle and... and you know, if there's a buck to be made, make it. But it, this doesn't seem like something. I mean, this seems like something that's going to lead a lot of people, a lot of people down a path that's not mm. going to be very lucrative.
2: I think a lot of people are going to go into this thinking, man, I'm just going to make so much money off of this. And then, as you say, spending hours and hours and hours in the car going around to get this stuff. I think mostly Luke just really enjoys saying the word arbitrage. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah, because think of what He's, your time eating is his
5: worth. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, I had that thought, Meredith. Uh, y- you have to know how much how much your time is worth yeah. and how much you're actually making. Yeah, you know. Um, if only you could just retail arbitrage from home, it would be perfect. <laughs> just send a Lyft to get the uh, light bulbs and
0: mm-hmm. a dolly. Know, someone will figure Mike, it a out. A dolly. You would send a dolly. You've got oh, to get yeah, on sure brand.
4: Sorry, um, Anne. Throw your phone. I assume this is this is uh, not you, Anne, but our Anne Minor, probably. Mm-hmm. As a retail store owner, the retail arbitrage stuff is making me sputter. I have so many incoherent, vaguely outraged thoughts. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you, Ann. I agree with you. I had a lot of the same thoughts. Um, and and you're right. Luke just wants to say the words. So um and and continues uh i noted this um at 11301 of monday's show and says this is a, this is yet another one i didn't actually throw my phone until Bohemuth, though um i guess i guess i guess luke's just gonna let
2: it go yep i guess and it's not like it was one where you were like did he say? Did he just kind of slur yeah, it yeah. a little bit? It, he said Bohemoth.
3: Bohemoth. <laughs> right. right. Like you're saying Bo research.
4: Jackson, but changed Jackson's name to Hemoth.
3: B O W Hemoth.
0: I remember right. when Bohemoth won the MVP.
3: It was worth it. Oh, yeah. Uh...
4: It was the highlights alone. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Luke wants to own this. Is his latest uh, thing to super possess the San Juan Islands and be uh, some sort of a farmer. He doesn't know what he wants to farm yet. <laughs> he would sure. starve That's to a...
3: death so quick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, do you know? Do you know what a San Juan Island trip, um, any of the San Juan Islands trip, would add to his, all of the things that he needs to do? I mean, he's gonna have to get an airstrip. Uh, mm-hmm. on that and get his own ferry boat of fly yeah right yeah yeah this i it seems like it's very early in the planning stages but uh i'm sure we'll hear we'll hear more i think it'd be cool but his travel his travel is going to get so much worse he's like intentionally removing himself from ways to get to all of the jobs that he needs to get to uh andrew gets some new glasses and finds that when he cleans them now they get clean and i've had that experience before which is which is amazing you know because i've you've cleaning some pair of glasses for like three years and they never get clean and then you get your new glasses and you're like oh man my glasses are ruined and then you clean them and you go oh wait they're not ruined Uh, they're awesome
0: I forget what uh, airport I was in recently but they had m- machines that you could put your glasses in and for a couple of bucks oh. it was like a car wash for your glasses they ran yeah. they blasted mm. them with sanitized water and then blow dried them and I did it just to try it and it was surprisingly mm-hmm. I think it was LaGuardia surprisingly uh effective um it, it was. I was amazed. It was worth every penny of my three dollars or whatever. Yeah. I have video of it on my phone of watching it, like rotate my glasses around while it gets hit with the water. It's a That's cool. Thing like those little
4: key kiosks at at the Home Depot. Just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the future. I would totally now. do that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Luke talks about an email that uh, got him into, tricked him back into shopping at the Nordstrom rack let me just say this about Nordstrom Rack. They are the most relentless email um, marketers in the world. I made a huge mistake like nine years ago and gave my email address, my real <laughs> Gmail address that I use for my life to someone at a Nordstrom Rack. And I have not been able to unsubscribe in nine years of trying. Um, but at a certain point, maybe about two years ago, I, I was just, you know, I, I, gave them, I gave them the standing ovation. I'm like, Bravo, (laughs) you guys are really committed to this um, email marketing and never giving anyone a break. So good for them. He spent $100 because he's a sucker. Andrew gets a tweet from his old friend, says he's listening to the show, which leads Luke to talk about the Avis car guy who's listening and calls him the not famous Joe Rogan, (laughs) um, which is funny because it's true. And, uh, And what does that make us? That made gave me some some solid sad self reflection when uh, we're doing a recap of the not famous Joe Rogan <laughs> and a and a co host who clearly hates us. Um, <laughs> speaking of hating, um, <laughs> someone who got recently banned uh, or sorry blocked on Twitter by by uh, by Andrew Randy um, sent them a very good email about. Um, cold horses, you know, because Luke is concerned about the horses in his neighborhood during the during the cold weather and the storms, and um, and Randy, you know, came up with a good explanation. They they heat themselves like a furnace from the inside out, so um, you know that explains the the skinny legs. They want to keep all their heat in a centralized place, but that made sense. Randy, um, Luke is concerned about the metal horses that are mingling. <laughs> or not mingling with the real horses in his neighborhood. He thinks like the real horses might think that the, those horses are assholes. They <laughs> the don't real interact.
2: horses can't tell the difference between
3: <laughs> horses and metal yeah. sculptures.
4: I Well, to me, it comes right back to the body heat thing. You know, horses like to hang out together and, and I'm sure a lot of that in the wintertime is, is a body heat thing. So it wouldn't take but a moment standing next to an, a steel horse. Um, whether whether John Bon Jovi's writing it or not um, <laughs> Thank to you. let you know <laughs> that it, it's not, it's not anything that's going to be helpful to you. This is not a being, this is not, this is not going to, not going to be a, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Um, and then we end Monday with a, a visual that I, I don't know that I was ready for. And that was on, uh, I think it was on their anniversary, Walter and Susie, I, maybe at a karaoke bar, if even if it was at home, it's still not something I want to lock eyes on, is that Walter and Susie singing Bridge Over Troubled Water while you know, staring into each other's eyes. Um, <laughs> maybe we should try that sometime, A-Bone. Um, you know, <laughs> next right. time we get together at our... Sure. At our, yeah. I a mean, I really wanted, I mean,
2: to, I wanted to sing Islands in the Stream, but we can do Bridge oh. Over Troubled Water.
4: We'll have to see what's in my what's in my range, um, okay. which is usually like nothing.
2: It's I could like see you doing, doing the
0: nothing. dolly, on islands.
4: Yeah, I could. I'll do the dolly part. Sure. Or a bone. Does no no. Part.
0: Mike, I think you could do it. I, I think that I think a bone's got a Kenny Rogers just waiting to come out.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna start practicing.
0: Are we done with Monday? Thank you for making Monday. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute wait a minute. Was.
5: <laughs>
4: wait a minute. 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 Did yes? you give me the Dolly Part because I did the Dolly Part in the the um, <laughs> Steel Petunias or whatever? What was that movie that we did?
2: <laughs> yes, that was it. Steel Petunias. <laughs> yep. And that was not the Dolly Part.
4: <laughs> what was my part? Oh, I had Shirley MacLaine. Yes. Yeah, I had Shirley MacLaine. Okay. I just thought I was getting typecast. I didn't want to, you know.
2: Well, you know, older, brassy ladies.
5: Sure. Yeah. You
2: I did, just... by the way. All right, that's. I, I enjoyed all the horse emojis that you put in your notes. Oh,
4: thanks. <laughs> I great. was getting really bored. So bored.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Tuesday, number 2835. Look who's twinsing now. I think anecdotally, I'm starting to realize that Tuesdays are the days that we get the most story your phones. Um, so now I don't want Mondays because it could be no point. I don't really <laughs> want Friday because then I have to do music for your weekend and you have to get it in before we record. Now I don't want Tuesdays yeah. because it's going to be the most infuriating day. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're just going to dibs dibs Wednesday every week? I guess. That's, well, I
5: guess. Yeah. Wednesday uh, so, often is I
4: shorter. Thursday.
0: Wednesday is often the Luke is shuffling off to be somewhere day. That's true. And so more Either often than Chicago
2: not that's, or... we get the one hour shows on Wednesdays. Mm. Mm-hmm. Patterns are emerging. <laughs> All right. Genevieve made a snowman and a snow angel. In fact, Andrew thought that they had an intruder on the roof who came and made a snow angel, apparently, because he didn't realize it was Genevieve. Uh, then from his front window, he saw some youths hiding out in the definitive audio parking lot and throwing big old snowballs at the passing cars. And he was grumpy old manish about this, and he wanted to call the cops, but he did not. Let's go straight to a throw your phone from Noah. Omg, they're still going! If these guys were throwing water balloons at cars in July, would that be funny or dangerous? I'm not entirely certain of Noah's uh, of the way Noah's leaning. On snowballs for this i think uh if i think we're missing that his tone on this is the sarcasm or not because i can't decide if he's pro throwing snowballs or anti throwing snowballs and it's kind of a tricky one because you're like okay it's snowballs not rocks right it's not gonna hurt anything but on the other hand if i'm driving that car and i something hits me i'm gonna freak the fuck out so yeah that's really scary
3: that's it can yep. be really scary and people like people have died from having like bricks and stuff thrown at their cars, mm-hmm. um, or through their windshields or whatever. So that would probably be my first thought: is I just got hit by a brick. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna be yeah. The sound can be really jarring
4: type. when you get hit by something.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, if you were a, just a, a nervous, visual. a nervous snow driver in Seattle in your your 50 year uh, winter there. And you got hit by a snowball, and you—that would be really freaky. I don't so, know if it's called the there cops was a territory. No,
4: no, this was no, this was huge missed opportunity here. You, Andrew's Andrew is elevated from the situation. He can see the guys that are throwing the snowballs.
5: Yes.
0: How about mm-hmm. how about yeah?
4: Get Genevieve, or you know, call up some friends.
3: Someone <laughs> start who can making holler. some
4: snowballs. You can take care of this all by yourself.
5: Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: No need
4: to involve the authorities. (laughs) Just rain fire down on these idiots.
2: (laughs) Uh, In news of Luke's continuing, continuing emotional evolution, I guess, he has had an insight in the last couple of weeks that when he's letting Rudy off leash in a place where she should or shouldn't be off leash, who knows... Uh, And people have a negative reaction to that. uh, It's not necessarily because they're mean, bad people. He reminds (laughs) himself that aggression comes from fear. So maybe people who are freaking out are just scared. Uh, He references that he met two women on a trail yesterday. He specifies it was the off-leash trail. And one was very annoyed and anxious about Rudy being there and uncontrolled, and he didn't get mad about it. So he, he feels feels pretty, pretty proud of it. And then he's decided that since Bellingham has snowed in that it's fine just to have her off-leash everywhere. And he says, quote, it didn't go well, unquote, because she went off marauding. And, of course, he can't control her, so he can't call her back. And she was just Mm -hmm. running around in people's yards and he was hollering for her. And then there was another couple with a dog named Rudy and they thought that he was hollering at their dog and everybody was confused. And Luke was like, I just, I need them to know that I actually have a dog named Rudy. But we got a fantastic throw your phone from Tyler on this, who really sums it up. He says, Luke and his behavior with Rudy drive me goddamn insane. Apparently, since it's snowing in Bellingham this week, the entire world is an off-leash dog park. This would be fine, TM, if he were able to maintain any control over her, but that clearly is not the case because she's running into other people's yards as they romp around town. And then his big breakthrough on the matter, he no longer thinks that the people who react negatively to having Rudy jump all over them have severe anger issues, they just have crippling anxiety about dogs. There can, of course, be no other explanation as to why a person would not want an out-of-control 60-pound yellow lab jumping on them while they're jogging.
3: Thank you. (sighs) I just bought a house. I can't afford buying more phones. I can't. (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) This was so infuriating to me. He he keeps doing this, and it keeps going badly, and he keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. How? 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 I don't know. Well, the I... thing
4: about the the snow makes it um in his mind it makes it okay that like it's a winter wonderland no one else is out here so you're going to let Rudy do things that you wouldn't let her do normally which is like go around all around people's houses where one time she might have seen a cat you know because mm-hmm. um, when when your dog gets off leash it it usually has a crazy agenda of smells and sights and, and stuff right. that it's been wanting to investigate for a long time, none of which has anything to do with you or anyone else. And 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 uh, she gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, they got they got stuff to do, and uh, you know, getting them back sometimes ain't easy.
2: He is so weirdly invested in this fantasy of Rudy being off leash. And I I, there's got to be something there, but I don't I have no idea what's the the, the deeper issue about this, because he's so stuck on this idea that he wants to have her off leash. I don't know.
4: Well, I think he he has an ideal of 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 a dog like um, like our dog Ginger
3: or like in a a dog in an erectile dysfunction commercial that runs with you on the beach (laughs) and comes right back.
4: Yeah, like a dog that just never wants to leave your side. Like, like uh, I, I say, like, um, our dog Ginger is a throwback dog. She would be a perfect dog for, like, an 8- to 12-year-old girl in, you know, some, some novel from 100 years ago or something. You know, a dog that will just follow you everywhere, sit outside while you go inside, never, you know, be nice to other people, but never jump or whatever. And... You either have that dog naturally, like we have, or you have you have to train that into your dog. Mm-hmm. And they they never stuck with the training, so they don't get to have the ginger. Right. They don't get mm-hmm. to have the the obedience and the and the good behavior because they didn't train it into her, and it, it's not natural to her.
0: They also didn't train it into Luke. There's a certain <laughs> amount of give and take that comes no, into oh that boy, kind yeah, of dog. I'm trying
4: to give him a break, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, I I, I have other points this week when I'm willing to defend Luke, but when it comes to that, I mean, you got to put in the work with a dog to have that relationship.
5: Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, So then Andrew talks for a while about the romance of a snowstorm when it shuts down a city. I can see his point, but I don't think it needed that much clarifying. Uh, Luke, on the other hand, is boredom eating cheese puffs because he's apparently sort of grazed through all the other food in the house. Uh, he talks about food for a long time, and I just refuse to recap it anymore. I'm not, I'm not talking about his food specifics anymore. Um, Andrew, at this point, is worried about actually making it out of the city and getting to Hawaii. But he says if it came down to a choice between getting to go to Hawaii and then missing the snowstorm altogether or having to miss Hawaii and getting to be in this snowstorm, he'd pick the snowstorm. So... All right, dude. You come from Ohio. You lived in New Hampshire. You've experienced plenty of snow, but I guess yeah. But um,
4: (laughs) come on, Andrew at at the beach doesn't seem like a natural. Doesn't mm, seem like
2: that's true. Well, that's his. Like
4: he's dying to. Oh, if I don't get in my beach time, (laughs) come on, (laughs) you
5: know. He's He's not
3: that guy. Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's more I of a snowstorm kind of guy.
2: Yep. Uh, then they talk about the weather for a long time. Oh, the top story today is that Luke has been watching TV. What the fuck? <laughs> this is a top story? he They're not even trying anymore. Like last you said, week, at some point this week, five days a week, Andrew. Two days last week on Reader's Digest lists, and now... Luke's been watching TV. All right, I'll I'll just run through these pretty quickly. Hopefully, um, he Pete Holmes crashing, which Luke likes a lot. He likes podcast. Meredith, did you watch or listen
3: to his podcast? No, um, I'm very familiar with Pete Holmes, and he's not. I don't dislike him, but he's not my cup of tea. And I I still have a lot of um other TV that I want to watch before I check that out. I don't know. I just don't care that yeah. much. I,
2: I, I haven't watched it or listened to him. The only thing I've seen of him is the appearances that he makes on late night talk shows occasionally. But mm-hmm. he's just got... And I can't think of a better way to describe it than that sort of beta male thing going on. I don't know. He's just really like a broy beta male. Yeah. Sort of. Which... I don't know. It turns me off. I don't know. Um, But Luke thinks that, you know, if things had gone differently for him, he could see himself in Pete Holmes's life living in New York, trying to make it as a comedian, especially since a lot of the people that turn up on the show are people who have been guests on TBTL or on Livewire. So he can really put himself in, that spot. uh Andrew is pretty dismissive. He didn't like the show at all. His quote was, Whatever, you're a self-obsessed comedian. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, A little close to home there. uh Luke talks about the Three Identical Strangers documentary where they separated three identical triplets and put them in different homes so that they could study the effects of parenting styles. Man alive, nobody thought that was a bad idea ethically, but okay. Andrew says, "Wasn't this the plot of Twins?" Um, I don't think so. I and can't I think it's for sure. it's
4: cool to come up with a with a study like that, um, and it's cool to do a study like that. But immediately upon conceiving the study, you need to start putting a, away money for the many legal defenses that you're going to have to eventually put <laughs> yes. up. And,
2: yes, yes, yes. Uh,
4: and awards that you're going to have to pay out, because that's fucked up. Yeah, no research people.
3: institution would approve that, that's for sure.
2: Nope. Um, Andrew loves Shits Creek. They talk about that for a while. Luke's getting into it. They think that Dan Levy slash Levy slash Levy slash Levy slash Levy is great, because they can't figure out how the heck they want to pronounce his name. Is it on CBC? CNN? Netflix? Something? <laughs> <laughs> uh. We got to throw your phone from Sarah. She said, I was so happy that they're finally going to talk about Shit's Creek. And then the number of factual inaccuracies Luke with an assist from Andrew made within the super fast discussion may just have been a record. Sigh. Like, I think they were getting names of characters wrong, although that's I mean, nobody should be surprised about that. I'm sorry, Sarah. I've heard great things about that. I keep seeing it on um, Netflix now. Apparently, being on Netflix is giving it a huge boost. So I may get in there and check it out. Sometime.
4: Oh, you mean it was on CSNBC and now Netflix has picked it yeah. up? Yeah. That...
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs> was it? I think it was right after and then right before episodes of Mad Money.
2: Right. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a good spot. Um, he talks about Abducted in Plain Sight, which is about a teenage girl who got abducted by the same guy twice because there were some real weird family dynamics going on. Or oh, it wasn't Bundy just con-
4: luck of the so. draw? I don't think so.
2: I don't think so. He watched the ten bu- Ted Bundy confession tapes, which taught him lots of things that he didn't know about Ted Bundy, including that he escaped from jail twice. Um, I'll skip down to the bottom because then they did end up mentioning the Dropout podcast, which I have been listening to. It's great. It's the story of Elizabeth Holmes and her company Theranos. She was listed as the youngest Uh. self-made female billionaire in the world at $10 billion. And it was all a complete scam. And none of the medical technology worked. And now she's going to jail. And again, Luke says he, he can really project himself into her life and choices. And I'm like, oh, dude, no, <laughs> no. She's terrible. Don't yeah. do not do that. That's she actively
4: good. did wrong. It wasn't just yes. like, you know, I think what Luke's saying is like, well, things kind of got away from me a little bit. And, uh, things right? didn't just get away from her. This was no. very calculated bullshit.
2: I mean, you can, you know, the feeling. When something happens and you just tell a little white lie to cover that up, yeah. and then it spirals and you have to lie a little more, and then you have to lie a little more, and all of a sudden you're like neck deep in this story of lies that you have built, but she did it with people's lives, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, don't put yourself in her place, Luke. And Andrew says that a 30 for 30 on Bikram yoga is really great. And we got to throw your phone on that from Megan, who says, please tell me Meredith will be on the show to address Luke's comment. Read the 30 for 30 season about Bikram chaudhary Quote, he falls under the auspices of sport, unquote. It was already an episode where Luke couldn't pronounce anything. And then my head exploded. I'm dead now. I'm throwing my ghost phone. <laughs> Um I, was there D-
4: wait I need a clarification here was there a 30 for 30 on on Bikram
3: Yeah I think so yeah I didn't yeah. see it
4: What Why the fuck I mean it's fascinating <laughs> Sounds like thing like maybe I mean a Emily Luke was into that went, Yeah
3: He's
4: I mean Bikram he's a horrible guy um but Sounds doesn't sound like a thirty for thirty to me. What, what does he does he do some three sixty slam dunk pointers during the
3: during <laughs> I, the yoga? I, I mean, think the, it's I exercise. Think the, well, I mean, it is extremely challenging physically. Oh yeah, right. Like I, I guess that's the objection. I'm not. I'm not sure. I d- I never have done Bikram yoga because he I he seemed like a creep from the beginning, and I'm not into 105 yeah. degree rooms. Um, Mm-mm. where you're forced to be, cause it's like punishing. And, and that was the whole point of the thing. It's like when, during teacher training, it just breaks people down and makes them vulnerable. And then he took advantage of them. Um, and, uh, that's nothing I want to support. So I, I never bothered with it. Um, but I've done yoga similar to it. Ashtanga is like that kind of, um, although it's not as mean, um, and it's really hard. So, so it is, I mean, I would call it a legitimate sport. It's, it, it's really physically challenging in that, but, right, it's not a competitive but Is there a winner sport. and
4: a loser? No, yeah, yeah, there I'm, we go. That's what I'm trying to get No,
3: and that's kind of antithetical to yoga anyway. So, so maybe that's the objection. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Um, he's an awful human, and I'm glad that he's been ousted. There, there
4: should be multiple documentaries about him, but I, I just don't know if 30 yeah. for 30 is a place I'd be looking for it, you know?
0: Let me yeah. just, uh, as long as we're close to this topic, let me just dust this card off that's been in my wallet for a while. Is bowling a sport?
5: <laughs>
0: oh
2: boy. Oh, we could talk about that for a while. Uh all right, so that's sort of the the media talk that they do. I just want to say I was trying to figure out why it irritates me so much when Luke talks about this because I listened to another podcast that I proselytized for on this show before Crime Writers on where they in fact talked about A lot of the same things. They talked about that 30 for 30 on yoga. They talked about the dropout. They talked about the Ted Bundy things. In fact, they said some of the same things about the Ted Bundy confession tapes that Luke said. Luke was talking about how he got, he was in jail in Colorado and then he escaped and he went and killed a bunch more people in Florida. And he was like, it's what is up with law enforcement? It's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And they talked about that on Crime Writers On. And they, but they talked about how it was the late 70s, maybe the early 80s. And this was before you know, computer databases and you couldn't have that kind of sharing of information. So I think the difference for me is when they talk about it. They've come, they've listened to everything available. They come with notes, they have discussion points, they have a deeper conversation about what it means. And Luke just gives us five minutes of rambling about, you know, I like it, I didn't like it kind of thing. So I think if they actually did the work to talk about some of this stuff, I would be much more interested. Instead of I can't be bothered to come up with a legit top story, I'll just tell you what I've been watching. I just I don't want to listen to that, guys. Ugh. Uh, oh, and Luke says that he thinks that all TV show episodes should end on cliffhangers, and for some shows, maybe for some shows. Oh
4: man, not. I can't wait to find out in the next Paw Patrol. You know what what happened.
2: <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I think we just have uh, an email from Rebecca, who is an archivist slash historian at the Luther Burbank Home and Gardens. Boy, that is coincidental and helpful. Um, as Luke was speculating recently about whether he was related in any way. And thank God he he pointed out, of course, he can't be related to Luther Burbank because he's not technically related to Walter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have any blood relationship there. So it doesn't matter anyway. uh, But Rebecca said that Luther Burbank had no children. So Luke couldn't possibly be related except really distantly uh, through a cousin or whatever. And that he was focused on creating quote, horticultural novelties, unquote, which is a phrase I really like because that can cover a lot of ground. The Russet mm-hmm. Burbank is the most widely grown potato in the world. And then Luke corrects Andrew's pronunciation because he's been saying Luther, Luther Burbank. <laughs> looks like, what's up with that? They talk about this for a while and Andrew's like, where could I have gotten this from? Are, are there any words that have a smooth th in the middle and they talk about this for all and they're like nope nope no words oh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Just from justina her third throw the phone of the week she says re the voice th in the middle of a word how about feather or father or either mm-hmm. or well, right. you get the picture <laughs> oh boy that's one of those things that you just can't think of in the moment and then later you realize all the stuff you missed and you're like, oh, God, I'm so a dummy. Yeah, I, I wonder if they were just words. like,
3: oh, our email boxes are too empty. Let's let's say. Something sure. <laughs> Stir things up a little bit. Uh, and then they talk about Slack channel going on this one. They
2: talk about public radio talk forever. Sorry, Phyllis. I did not recap that because no. And that'll do it for Tuesday.
1: All right,
3: let's go to Wednesday, 2836, Pants on the Sound. Um, We get some more weather talk today. They're still Uh snowed in. um, And Luke goes on and on and on about some very expensive snow pants that he bought. But it's okay because he's worn them several times. I guess he went to REI, um, Mm -hmm. which is his aspirational store. So he he really wants to be the kind of person that uses things from (sighs) REI. You know why I don't like
2: REI? Hmm. The sizing is so small on Mm -hmm. women's clothes. Even when Mm. I was at my thinnest, I could hardly fit into the extra large sizes. I think it's a a store for small people. Yeah,
3: it is. I I think the most recent thing I got there was a pair of of cycling shoes that have cleats in them, so I can hook into my uh, my pedals. And I had to buy men's shoes, Mm -hmm. and I don't even have that big of feet. It's just they were all so tiny and they're like oh the highest we go up to is an eight i'm like okay well <laughs> who who is your clientele exactly Ugh. i mean we are from like large nordic stock <laughs> that, that's true we're big so people out there's here. that but come on come on Ari, get it together um more weather talk and we learned that bob walsh is firmly in the camp of meteorologists uh, that was delightful <laughs> he, he always defends them when they're right and I, I think that's kind of a tired trope and I I, I depend on the weather forecasts and I I guess I agree with him. They're yep. usually pretty right. Um, we talk about Kimmy Schmidt for a real long time. Um, starting out with the musical theater aspect of, of a couple of the shows and then they they talk about um her boyfriend Dong and how he's supposed to be a Vietnamese character but he's played by a Korean. And that's something that pops up a lot and, and, and um, I think it's starting to get a little bit better, but like, why not just find a Korean person to play this character? <laughs> um, right.
2: Well, I mean, we have to think about, it wasn't that long enough that Mickey Rooney was playing an Asian in Breakfast at Tiffany's.
3: Right. So the
2: fact that they got an actual Asian person of some sort indicates progress. And now maybe we can go from that to having the correct ethnic Asian makeup.
4: Mm hmm. Rooney did read for it, though, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) He just didn't have it. He doesn't have it anymore.
3: Yeah. League talks about how he's pretty much okay with with offensive comedy as long as it's funny. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, They go on a free speech tear, um, repeating over and over in many different ways that people should be able to say whatever they want and other people should be able to react to that however they want. Um, and, and freedom of speech means that you won't be arrested, not that people won't give you shit or you won't have any consequences for your actions. Um, kind of like when Luke said that video game fans should go outside because the world is in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he talks about how he in the past really defended the, the use of the word gay as a pejorative. And what a weird thing to to um, to feel so strongly about defending. Why do you need to say that? Yeah. Um, and then they go on about how progressiveness is the right way to be. According to the arc of history, nobody with a progressive view has ever looked back and said that was the wrong the wrong choice. I'm not sure if that's entirely true. I'm very progressive, but I, I wouldn't make a blanket statement like that.
5: Yeah.
2: I mean, there are some people who were pretty left-leaning in their youth, and as they get older, they become more conservative. So mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Some of this is
0: just language, I think. The word progressive is, right. you know, we've we've done a good job cornering the word progressive, just like the other side has done a good job cornering the phrase pro-life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to take that extra step to explain that you are not pro-life, and that doesn't mean you're pro-death. <laughs> you have to explain that if you're not progressive, that you're not necessarily regressive.
3: Regressive, yeah. So yeah, it's semantics.
0: Good on us grabbing that word.
3: Um, there's a news story about somebody else who was getting mad at people throwing snowballs at her car. She kind of caused a ruckus, and it turned out that she was high. Um, <laughs> that was a great I- <laughs>
4: video. She really got busy.
3: <laughs> I was totally on her side until... You shouldn't drive while high. That's not cool.
4: She's crazy. She was nuts. Yeah. It, but it but it kind of reminded me of... of um, I mean, I will snap in a situation like that too. I mean, I'm not going to hit anybody with my car, but I would get out of my car and and go over and try to try to crush the head of someone who, you know, tried <laughs> to make me have a car accident. Like, fuck you. I'm I'm going to get out there in my expensive tight REI snow pants and I'm going to track you down and I'm gonna put your face in the snow till you can't breathe anymore. I have Sorry. I have
3: a, a special um I don't know, a special pain around people throwing snowballs at me because I think I've explained on the show before that I was a really um, high strung little kid and I never wanted to get in trouble. I thought, you know, if I got in trouble even once that I would be destined to a life of crime. And I had images of myself, you know, in in black and white stripes behind bars um, for the rest of my life (laughs) after this one event when I was, I think, in kindergarten and this kid threw a snowball at me when I was on the swings. And I... I was not the type of kid to stand up for myself. I would just, you know, take whatever beating was coming my way. And I, I snapped and I threw a snowball back at him. He ran and told on me and I got a conduct report. <gasps> uh, no. Yes. Not a conduct always get report. get the second well, person. That term still strikes fear into my heart because it was used as, you know... Um, a deterrent will give you a conduct mm-hmm. report. You get two, con- three conduct reports and you're suspended. And that was just only the bad kids got that. And I wasn't a bad yeah. kid. So I was, I was, you know, I was one strike down and I was horrified. I went but you home. never
4: know when someone on the staff is going to, you know, develop some sort of a distaste for you and then, you know, be looking for ways to, to trap you a couple more times yeah. and, and get you out of that kindergarten.
3: Bribe Rodney to throw another snowball at me. I mean,
4: but. It's, it's visceral, though. Someone throws shit at you?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, it's
4: on. I don't know. I'm a peaceful person, but if someone throws yeah. shit at me for no reason, I want to hurt them real bad.
3: Well, and I you know, know I, I, went, I went home with my head and my hands crying, and my mom was like, good for you. You stood up for yourself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I am, a, I am a criminal, though. It's true. We well, now know yeah. why yeah.
0: Meredith didn't get into Harvard.
3: That's it. They found Black her conduct, conduct report. report. Permanent record. <laughs> I know.
5: Dang. Ugh.
3: God, it still makes me feel bad. Um, there's a, an email from listener Melissa in Cleveland, and she had a thro- snowball thrown at her car, and she yelled at those youths. And um, Luke takes <laughs> his youths. his new um, enlightened Is it attitude. youths or is it the soft TH? Oh, youths. 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 I like youths.
4: <laughs> there's another, yet another, there's another soft another one.
3: Th. <laughs> Um, Luke takes his newly enlightened attitude about about peacefulness and diagnoses uh, Melissa's anger chemicals. Um, mm-hmm. I, that was kind of dumb. Like, of course, you have a flash of chemicals in your brain that make you feel a certain way. That's how our brains work. Um, but good on him, I guess. Uh, top story for the day is that Luke accidentally Googled guadal anal instead of guadalcanal. <laughs> Mm. He was afraid of the repercussions, but it turned out Google knew his game and did not show him anything gross. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all
4: ever been down to Anal Street in New Orleans? Oh, Come on down, yeah, for it's a poor just boy. Straight in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Anal Street all night, baby in Nolans.
3: Oh God!
0: Happy birthday, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, Hillary is living it up in, in Nolens right now. Yeah, I'm she's going to come back
0: a
4: whole different person.
3: Yeah, she is. Yeah, um, We've got some geography hot takes on this episode that were amazing, uh, mostly about the Midwest. Um, so Luke is, is, Ohio is generally thought of as being in the Midwest, but it's actually pretty east. And he notes with wonder that Cleveland is east of Detroit. <laughs> And that Iowa he decides is not in the Midwest, so i'd like to know uh, <laughs> oh wow,
4: <laughs> I think that's the first state that actually comes up you know when you say midwest, yeah, right? I mean nebraska you know
3: yeah the midwest is a is a large place, and it just refers to the middle of the country really um it It's more of a cultural thing than really a time zone thing, like i 'm in the eastern time zone, but I 'm very much in the midwest uh. His 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 blind spot about the Midwest is always kind of amusing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we close out the show with a rousing rendition of "Pants on the Ground." <laughs> so that was fun. Current, mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> yeah, timely. <laughs> uh, Thursday, twenty eight
4: thirty seven. Love is on the air. This is the Valentine's Day special, and um, I'm going to say a lot of really great things about this show because I thought it was fantastic. And I thought it's it's uh almost evergreen I think it's it's a show that could could air next year the year after or whatever um because people tend to like forget the stories over the course of the year and then until they've heard it twenty eight times, like the dave Bow story um <laughs> they, they're gonna enjoy it every time, but I thought the beginning was rambly, and they over explained what a p m is and what they were doing and what and And that they were, you know, they were, they were like, I felt like I was at, I felt like I was in a uh, conference call or something for, for the first five minutes or whatever. And then when they came back from the break and got into it, I mean, the content itself was just outstanding and really well put together. And Andrew did a fantastic job and, and they were charming and funny. And, um, you know, I, I was just really impressed.
2: Yeah. I thought it was the best of the specials that they've done. Mm Me too.
0: I like the idea of it being a conference call. Love is on the speakerphone Would someone please mute them <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i i maybe it was just me i thought I just thought that first segment was just kind of i would have i might have tuned out if I didn't know who they were I was, yeah that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of uh now I know a lot about American public media that I don't need to know that no one besides them needs to know. But, um but the I'm starting to really dig the idea that of them doing these things and and uh the, maybe because the execution was so good this time i'm I'm looking forward to whatever the next one is, and they could do they could do the same theme next year and do a different show, but I would totally listen to that show again next year on on Valentine's Day because there's mm-hmm. so much good stuff.
2: The only um, thing that makes me pause about this is that they did. They have talked about, you know, hopefully people will hear this on the radio and then it'll send them to check out TBTL. And it's kind of a bait and switch because anybody who listened to this show and thought, oh, that was great. I'll I'll check out their podcast is not going to get the same product. Mm -mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we all fell for a bait and switch, right? Because we saw Luke or heard Luke on Wait, Wait or... I guess now there's probably listeners finding TBTL through seeing Luke on CBS, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it never lives up to any of those other projects. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sort of the gluttons for punishment that stay. So it's sort of like um like a bad pickup line at a party. Like, it is the dumbest thing you can do. But if you find the girl who falls for it, you're, you're probably good, like she's in. Um, let me find a less degrading mm-hmm. example. Um, I don't want to <laughs> be the dumb girl. <laughs> uh, the, those phishing emails with the Nigerian prints that are so poorly written that the people who read them and fall for them are easy marks. You know, TBTL is a scam.
2: That's all. Great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right. Opening call was from uh, a roller rink a first kiss story, which never came to fruition because he... Uh, he kiss planted um Aww, on the floor so of the roller rink <laughs> before we could deliver the kiss oh my god yeah i would have i would have gotten some bananas and some books and just uh headed out on my own mm-hmm. uh, to the bushes um, yeah be gone. <laughs> i could not go back to school i could not see any of these people again i just couldn't do it
2: that was the most relatable part of that yeah it's you know not that he was able to pick himself up and laugh and you know maybe go for round 2 but that he was like out of here i i can never talk to this girl again i'm going to well, go it, hide by like the a, dance dance revolution machine it's a
4: it's a double shot of humiliation cuz i was putting myself in his shoes and and i thought i was you know kind of a hot shot roller skater. You know, I thought uh, I'm, I'm an athlete and, and I, and I'm a hot shot roller skater and I'm going to kiss this girl, you know, which I would have been way more insecure about the kissing part. And then the double whammy of tripping and, and fucking up the romantic part of it. I might've scarred me forever. I might've never kissed a girl if, if this had happened to me, that would have just been no, no, I like I'm out on the kissing. I can't, I can't face it. So, um, Luke talks about his late first kiss in life and Andrew talks about his much, much later first kiss, which he had, uh, somewhere late in college. It seemed like, and they also talk about the, the electric feeling of handholding. Handholding is problematic to me because everyone's different. Everyone, you know, I don't know. It's like you might find a good hand match for yourself, but, you know, because height-wise and temperature-wise and stride-wise, and there's just a lot that goes into successful hand-holding that ain't nobody got time for that. Bobby, you handholder?
0: hand-holder? I'm a palm sweater, so... <laughs> it's not a good situation. In my best moments, I'm a hand-holder, but, you know... I think Sam has just come to realize that if I ever pull my hand away for a moment or two, it's mainly for her
3: benefit.
4: Yeah, it's good reason. <laughs> right?
3: Right. I like arm linking. Um, I think that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice.
4: Because um, then you're sort of forced to move in the same stride as well, and and I think I think being taller as a woman helps. Um, because you're probably more often closer to the man's height. So, because mm-hmm. I've had problems with shorter women, like my their arm is way too far, right. <laughs> their hand's too far down there. So they gotta lift their hand, and I gotta feel like I'm stooping over, and you know, and it looks like I'm leading a toddler around or something. I'm just, <laughs> you know, can you imagine like an NBA player holding hands with someone in the mall? You'd be like, is she is he taking her over to put her on one of those little trucks so she can.
3: But what about, like, when you and Emily are sitting there watching TV or something? Uh, or in the car? Yeah, yeah
4: sometimes, but just yeah. more of, like, a hand on the thigh or, like, lean mm-hmm. against each other, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I just think the the interlocking of the hands, can there
0: can be problems. And What's really hot is when you get a second couple involved and go shoulder-to-shoulder, full-monkey style. <laughs> <laughs> <Mm-mm>.
2: <laughs> Well, that's more than I needed to know about Bobby's Love Yeah, maybe we life. should move on.
4: Party with you, Sailor. Uh Luke Luke takes this perfect opportunity to tell his if only she'd give me a sign story. Um which is always good loud. every time. Yep. It is I mean, if he did do stand up, that that would be a solid that would be a solid one. And then the cringiest story of all cringy stories on TBTL, the obligatory kiss story.
3: I can't believe um, he told that. I know. For something that's going to go on the radio. I think I blacked out because I don't remember him. I, I was listening very carefully to this episode because I also loved it, but I don't remember him saying that, and I think I probably blacked <laughs> you it out. You put it yeah. <laughs> Right. The obligatory kiss. I mean, blackout. God bless him. It's a great
2: story, Oof. but it's so cringy.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. Because... Uh, the reason I cringe is because, I mean, I might have done so. I mean, we all know I said a really horrible thing in a moment to someone.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And so I can see myself saying this. Not this particular thing because that was, but something stupid. We've all something said something stupid. Maybe someone... that's
3: why it's so cringy. is because we've all done something. Yeah. Maybe not that mm-hmm. awful, but <laughs> <laughs> close.
4: Or as awful as mine.
3: <laughs> but uh, that... Yeah. That feeling
4: yeah, you like...
2: that you would like the floor to open mm-hmm. you up and then you drop down yeah. a hole and nobody ever sees you again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Please throw some banana.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: um, the the caller regrets blowing it with the girl who was moving. Um he when she told him that she was moving, he's like, Ugh. I hate you. Fuck you. And, and it's like, did you, did you not realize this was a chance? You know, cause she might want to try something before she moves. He really did blow that one because it doesn't cost you anything to go. Oh, that sucks. I was hoping to see you this summer or, you
2: know, it's, I did have that happen yeah. to me with my kindergarten boyfriend.
3: Oh, tell we us. rode the
2: same bus and we went to, his name was Scott. He was the only boy who came to my birthday party when I turned six and player and i know and they redistricted the school year and when we found out we were going to be in different schools he <laughs> never talked to me again oh because he was so sad
4: maybe it's a thing with with young people young boys or something where like they just can't a betrayal thing.
2: process it
4: yeah you must hate me you're removing yourself from my life right. well there are a lot of factors at work that uh sure this girl didn't um didn't have a lot of agency here it's like no I don't feel like moving i'm going to stay okay well you're 9 so that's not <laughs> happening um uh the luke does a call mad i don't think we'd heard the, the his version of the call mad we'd heard uh, andrews version but um but it was a good one he did a nice job with it he really stepped up and and did real professional Job with yeah. this. I'm glad that he mm-hmm. cooperated with Andrew and did everything, you know, everything to make it sound
2: great. Those uh, deodorant ads didn't last very long.
3: Oh, yeah. <sighs> I forgot about those. Yeah.
4: Um, the first uh, When Harry Met Sally montage is, is played, and the button on it is uh, some some uh, woman telling some dude who the hell is from Sacramento or something, and that they ended up getting married. I don't know. Um the, the these montages were really cute. And he did a great mm-hmm. job with them. They they were really evocative of the film and that's a good thing because it's a great film. Anybody who's ever seen that film can can identify what he's doing there mm-hmm. and you know, he's doing it well. So uh they have April the astrologer on to tell a story where um turns out that you've just met someone, and that was me. I, I had trouble following the story, but I liked it, and I liked April's um, contributions. We did get a throw your phone, though, about about uh, astrology. Not necessarily April the astrologer. This is real real short one. Eric said, Luke just said the science of uh, astrology. GTFO <laughs> with that shit to excited marks.
3: Yeah, I had the same feeling. She was a delight as a guest, yeah. but... Uh, oh yeah, it's not something that we should legitimize because there's nothing. There's nothing there.
2: No, I well, like the way she phrased it. I mean, she said she wasn't a predictive astrologer. It, it did sound mm-hmm. more like a, a therapy session, and it was yeah. nothing that was going to hurt right anybody. But I think that Luke just liked her so much that he wanted to compliment her mm-hmm. yeah. at the end <laughs> of the the interview, and so he said the science of astrology and. Ah, probably 99% of us were like, uh, stop right there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Look, if she's a good listener and star charts were cheaper than a degree in, you know, some social science, then good for her, I guess. Mm -hmm. At least, you know, if if she's not one of the people doing harm in the world with this, then that's great.
2: Yeah, here's the thing. My therapist loves astrology no really? I would like to say that she is a licensed professional she wow. has her master's degree in social work or whatever they get But she does tend to lean a little bit sometimes towards the woo woo, and she usually doesn't try it with me because she knows I'm not into that. But she was getting she probably just
4: sees your face just ice over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh my god! But she was
2: really like going into a period of intensive study on it, so she was always wanting to read my chart, and I was like, all right. Mm. I mean, the way that I have approached this is that you know, 30 whatever years of doing things the way that I did them didn't get me anywhere and made me miserable. So maybe I'll go into this with an open mind. And um, I don't have to believe in astrology, but if something that she says kind of sparks a thought or starts a discussion, who cares where it came from? If I can use mm-hmm. that as a way to sort of think about what I need to think about. So every once in a while, she'll go into something where she can tell that I am just not having it. And she Mm -hmm. backs off of it, but she really does enjoy her astrology. So I just let her do it.
0: Have you done yoga in her Himalayan salt chamber yet?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um I would not be surprised to learn that she has Himalayan salt lamps at her house. Let's put it that way.
4: Her the the whole thing with her and and how delightful she was and how smart she was um it made me think of uh, I have a really good friend who him, I just really disagree with him vehemently on, on just a couple things and every time we get together you know, we have such a great time and talk and talk. And, talk, and then and then, um, you know, right towards the end, I, I, I'll I, often I'll lean over the counter or whatever we are. And I'll say, do you really think this thing, you know, because I'm like, you're you're too smart. You're too smart for this. What this, your opinion on these things? And and I, I, I find that with astrology as well. I mean, I, if I got to know her, I would I would just at some point want to just say, come on. Come
3: on. <laughs> Tell me the truth.
4: <laughs> Come on. You know, you're too, you're too smart for this. You don't, you, I mean, everybody's going to make a buck. I would make a buck that way too, if I could, but you don't buy it, right? You don't buy it. Anyway. Um, Anna's stabby, crazy Jeff story is told. Oh, that was great. Dating a guy named crazy Jeff. So
3: in the woods, uh,
4: <laughs> you met him in the woods. He carried a large knife Thing about if you see a large knife in Act One uh, at your meat cute in the woods. <laughs>
3: I'm mm, glad you're still that around. to play.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, the fact that Anna is still here—it's. It's I probably would have followed for crazy him. Jeff.
3: When I was uh, a teenager, yeah,
4: Emily Emily would have dated him for like <laughs> yeah. three months too long. Yeah. Um. <laughs> apparently, apparently, um, he was claiming self-defense. So. Sure. You know, maybe. Someone came at him. And he stabbed stabbed him. So um bad boyfriends help you recognize the good ones. That's that said. I think there's some truth in that, I guess. But some people keep going back to bad boyfriends and never get a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never recognize a good one. I think we all know those people. Uh it goes for girlfriends as well. Um But I think I think if you fundamentally change as a person and you start looking for the right things, then you know, your taste changes and then you do go. Oh, well, yeah, obviously I should have been dating a guy like this all along instead of Stabby Jeff. Uh, Let's see, another uh, montage um, featuring a poop story at the end. It seemed like they got a poop story in there. I can't remember what it was, but...
2: We've had that one before. I was wondering if Andrew maybe looked up the episode and took it from that about the guy who got locked in the girl's bathroom mm-hmm. and ruined the toilet and then she had yeah, to get him a plunger yeah. and she was out of toilet paper and now they're married there was a yeah. whole thing like mm-hmm. she was on one day and then they liked it so much they wanted to have yeah. him on until his side of it
4: yeah well they they, they repurposed it well here because they got a poop story in and it it was a romantic story so it wouldn't be tbtl if they didn't wedge a poop story in there, exactly
0: <laughs> true to their form. On that, yep. see, it's not completely a bait and switch.
4: <laughs> Nathan in St. Louis uh, meets the girl he's been crushing on in the parking lot because she went looking for Smacky the Frog references on Reddit or something <laughs> and found. <laughs> I don't know. It's an amazing story. I mean, I think we know. I, I think we know Nathan because I think he was the the skater,
2: mm-hmm, the competitive um, roller skater.
4: Right, competitive roller skater. And he always he always brings brings good stuff. Apparently the Smacky the Frog well, his Smacky the Frog blog was a reference to a Mitch Hedberg joke joke, which I hadn't heard, but I'm sure it was good because Mitch Hedberg joke. They're just their good. stares. <clears throat> uh let's see. Um Luke married Tidy. I don't know why I wrote that. That I was guess. his yes.
0: first wife
4: oh right right i think he married her because she was tidy because he woke up the the morning after they had their first encounter and and he liked having a clean apartment so he's like (laughs) i'm marrying into a clean apartment it's a good (laughs) enough reason to get married i guess at a certain point in your life you know if you really need to clean things up for a little while she, she she'll get you cleaned up um there's an online discussion about uh no, there's a discussion of online dating um, with Kiki Lolo and Luke talked about how older folks now are like, oh, well, how'd you meet? And 99% of the time is, well, I swiped right and then I was I'm mounting him hours later. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, all right, you know. So I think, I think it's um, until all the old folks uh, die, just come up with something. You know, once you've decided you're a couple. Just come up with something to tell the olds because they don't want to we don't want to hear it you know we don't want to hear the you met through well friends. I downloaded That's- the app and uh, you know twenty minutes later we were in the Starbucks bathroom getting busy you know
5: so, okay, okay, okay okay okay
0: okay now we're married here are your grandkids congratulations they would have gone to the Burger King um, bathroom but they like how every star Starbucks bathroom is the same it's very reliable
4: <laughs> right 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 and it locks uh, um. The tiger pose story. Does anyone remember this? I, I missed this, I guess. That's hilarious. When, when that was Kiki Lolo the-
2: saying that the guys on dating apps, a, a very large percentage of them are like posing with a tiger mm-hmm. or some other exotic animal, I would assume.
4: Oh, man. I, I wish. I mean, I may have been online dating at that time. I did that. Did a little bit of that. I should have gotten like a. A box of frosted flakes or something in a bowl, and they just took my shirt off and laid down next to it. And hey, ladies, get I at me. I think around
2: here, there's a lot of poses with like really big fish that they've just caught. Yep. Mm-hmm. It just does nothing really? for me.
4: Oh, like ice fish are they're, they're or regular fishing, in.
2: whatever. It's like yeah. I can provide. Do for
4: the you? women pose with the fish?
2: No, Not usually.
4: Oh. Well, back in the day, it was so irritating and this is a hacky premise but everyone online was fucking grizzly adams oh i hike and camp and right well if the, if everybody on here actually did those things nobody would be in the city the the country would be overrun with campers but it's not and i think it was code for i'm not lazy or something
5: Mm-hmm. And I think that's turned around now. I think
4: people brag about being lazy now. I think plenty of people just go online for their dating and go, look, I just want to watch TV and fuck. Can we just do that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just be honest about it. That's fine.
2: Right. If you only go hiking twice a year, you can't put on your profile that you enjoy hiking. Mm -hmm. Right.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you don't enjoy it, you know, because I've hiked and camped plenty of times and rarely enjoyed it. So I, I might put activities hiking and camping, but not that I've enjoyed. Um all right. Uh there there there's a there's a voicemail f- from a <laughs> from a guy who was uh co starring in a um in Huckleberry Finn and he fell in love with his co star. I think he was the one who played Huck and and he fell in love with the guy who played Tom Sawyer and they fell uh, crazy in love. So Aww, that was, sweet it's really
0: cute. Mhm. Definitely accurate um, that that fan fiction exists. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. There are there are And then there's a teenage girls and probably a fair number of teenage boys who have read and or are writing that
2: story. Tom and Hug slash fiction.
4: Oh yep. yeah. <laughs> mhm. Hot. Uh should I tell him to should I tell him to come over story? Uh that was really cute
2: from bet Yep.
4: yeah yeah it was really cute and i i didn't quite cry but i heard others did so there was some it was that was really a well-told and,
0: and bet if you're listening story. almost two hours into this episode now that things have settled down can we all get that salmon recipe
3: yeah that sounds good do we have to come <laughs> over mm-hmm. i mean i will
0: I mean, yeah <laughs> oh yeah, dangerous territory. That's um, a pastry chef, we so get... something tells me every course of that meal is going to be
3: great.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm down for sure. Uh, they they use Pala Out, which I don't know if they've used before on their specials, which I was really happy to hear our Australian friend get that. But I was sad that it didn't seem like Lauren got any credit for the title of the show. Yeah. Which I was really hoping she would because it's a great title.
2: Yeah. They're just still resentful that they can't use I'm with Cupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's always next year.
4: That's cute. Yeah. All right. That's it for Thursday.
0: And we are finally to Friday. 2838. Bon. Meh opening with a story on Howard Schultz that makes Andrew realize that people can look up whether or not you've voted in recent elections.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. I
0: think there was actually a, a click through app on Facebook um, where you could, you could search all your friends and see who had and had not voted. Uh, it, oh, you can yikes. catch people
4: lying. That's awesome. Yep.
0: Yeah. It and that was, at
2: least make it a little harder. <laughs> well, I
0: think that was the point. It was to shame your friends into mm-hmm. voting. So, mm-hmm. Um, that school bond, whatever, that Andrew skipped because of the snow, passed anyway. So Luke's point that his vote didn't matter was unfortunately um, proven in that particular Mm -hmm. instance. Uh, But speaking of Howard Schultz, Luke went to Starbucks on his way to Andrews and was late because of it. But he needed to get his coconut latte, and it took them some time to make it, where he grew increasingly irritated at the behavior of the staff and the people around him while he waited for his coconut latte, even though, as a a person in one of our chats pointed out, the distance from that Starbucks to Andrew's <laughs> house included a broadcast coffee he could have stopped at mm-hmm. uh what really amazed me is that Luke talked about all the ways that he has added efficiencies to his life. He doesn't do anything and then waits for it He orders in advance. Eighteen car rentals, lifts as he's ready, you know, leaving the plane, and yet not ordering from the Starbucks app, which seems like a rookie mistake.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, you can order ahead, so you just swing by and grab it and go. And do it. The only the reason I don't, I don't
4: do it is because it provides physical evidence that I was in a Starbucks. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> you
0: know.
4: I usually just go in there in my hoodie, you know, just all right.
0: I will walk here's, into here's a Starbucks. Ten dollars. <laughs> I will walk into a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts, see there's a long line, and step to the side and order with the app, and then wait yep. for
4: it mm-hmm. instead of Me waiting too. in line. It's yeah, Spencer. there's a there's a taco place in Austin that that I I do that at because the line is insane. But the 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 on the, on the other side of the restaurant there's a to go place where you just you know, yeah, walk right up and get it,
0: and get out. Uh, we have the aforementioned V Dub Atlas wobbling. No need to discuss it again. Uh, and then we get a uh, special guest, uh, the poor man's Elton Brown, Dan Pashman, <laughs> uh, who like we that. first uh, opened conversation about how he beat out Rachel Bell's podcast for a James Beard Award. Um, I would say mm-hmm. certainly his is deserving. I've stopped listening to it because I I found its tone changes through its generations to be increasingly annoying. I, I like... Uh, I like Dan for the most part, but I'm just not yeah. wild about the podcast. <laughs> um, I find it just a little too, the food hacking, just a little too obnoxious. Mm-hmm. It hits a little too close to home for me, I think. Um, they get to talking about restaurants that allow no substitutions and frustrations with that. Uh, and that's where the episode title comes from a Bon Me sandwich place in New York that uh, won't swap out any of the prefab vegetable patty setups that they've already made for all their sandwiches.
4: Yeah. I'm on board with him there. That sounds shady as hell.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't think I've ever asked for a substitution though. I mean, I I think I find what's acceptable to me on the menu and say, I'll have that Mm -hmm. not pick something different and want it to be customized.
4: Come on. Meredith, come on, talk her into ordering I've those definitely, extra pickles like you did with me.
3: Yeah, I I mean, well, like, sometimes the only side option is french fries. And if it's a place I know that their french fries suck, I will always ask for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's not too many things that I dislike, like on a sandwich. I can't, but I I don't know. I'd, I I'd do it every now and then, I guess.
0: There are condiment issues, and I think with fancy restaurants, it's always this urge to have like eight things I like on a meal or on a sandwich, and then one weird curveball that they think makes it their special <laughs> own thing. Right. Sort of like if how it's Luke brunch, thinks...
4: it's always that poached egg. You right. know, They just throw that on top. Say, so, hey, it's brunch. Twenty three dollars.
0: Just like Luke thinks that all the artisanal coffee shops are throwing something weird in their coffee.
2: Oh right. Oh god. <laughs> I was about ready to throw my phone if he said the word chicory again. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: I I think it's just like I don't like sriracha. This is a perfect example. I like a lot of hot things, but I just don't like the flavor of Mm -hmm. sriracha. And it's so popular for places to be like, oh, this, this, this. Oh, and there's sriracha in it. And so I'll often ask for things without the sriracha. And it does tell you if they're doing all the prep far in advance or not. Mm -hmm. If they can't accommodate that, it means that they've already – blasted sriracha on all these pre-frozen semi-prepared things
3: the one thing that i've gotten pushback on is the way that i like my salmon cooked i went to a very very fancy italian restaurant once in dallas and they served me basically a a medium rare salmon steak and it was Mm -hmm. gross i really didn't like it um and so I kind of choked it down most of it. I left the raw because the middle was just raw. Yeah. And I know people, I know that's fine. And I know that people like sashimi, salmon, sashimi. And I do in, in that context, but not when it's supposed to be cooked. So I asked for them to to, to um, cook it uh, all the way the next time I ordered salmon. And, and the, the waiter was like, well, the chef isn't going to like that. And I'm like, well, I don't care because <laughs> the chef's not eating it. Uh, I promise you I won't send it back like I know why they want to cook it the way they want to cook it but I'm paying for it and I'm eating it so just Mm -hmm. cook it all the way through please.
0: And that beautifully fully cooked spit-sauced salmon steak was pretty good.
3: (laughs) I asked for it medium plus. (laughs) (laughs) And then one more plus. Yeah just like and then maybe like a little bit more than that.
0: Fish is tricky. Sam bought a bag of frozen mahi-mahi filets, and I made some the other night. She had defrosted them, but she didn't really have a plan for how she wanted to make them. And I was sort of rummaging through the cupboards, and I decided that we would do like a little panko crust with seasoning and then bake them. But they were so thick. And that was the main reason I didn't want to do them in the frying pan, because uh, I didn't want to have completely overcooked fish on the outside and raw on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I was mm-hmm. just too lazy to fillet them, I guess. I don't know. I could have easily fixed this. But, like, fish is, fish is touchy. Like, if you don't like that medium fish, and I don't either, um, it's sort of like scallops. Scallops are really good if you do them right, but they're really easy to fuck up because yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of food that's easy to fuck up, Chuck E. Cheese pizza <laughs> is the topic of conversation for today. I, sp- I suppose it was the top story. They certainly didn't announce it that way, but we haven't gotten a top story sounder in a while, have we? No. Yeah. So Charles entertainment cheese has been accused of recycling slices of leftover pizza and rotating the back into fresh pies or, or quote unquote fresh pies going out. Mike, you're the pizza expert. This seems like way too much work. It's cheaper to make a 30 cent pizza. Well, I'm sure there are some instances of, of, uh, you know,
4: some dirt bags trying to save food cost, and, you know, pizza didn't get eaten at this table and they'd shove it out over another or something like that. So I'm sure there are there's anecdotal evidence that this stuff has happened there and probably in a lot of um, those type of restaurants. But Pashman said something that I really disagreed with. And he said that that uh, this really has nothing to do with the topic, but he said that that. That's never stopped. Chuckie Cheese, Chuckie Cheese makes makes all of their money on food. They don't make.
3: No, I knew no, that wasn't I, right. I think it's the other way around.
4: The, the food is the lost leader, guys. Right. Um, it's all that those sweet sweet coins dropping into those machines, which, which uh, God. God bless them. I mean, it's a great deal that they've worked out. Putting
0: $16 into a claw machine to try to win a teddy bear stuffed with Chinese newspaper shreddings.
4: (laughs) Yep. Yep. So I'm just just glad y'all heard that too.
2: Bobby, what you said was, uh, how did you phrase it? That an accusation was made. Let's look at who made this accusation was this guy Shane Dawson, who's a YouTuber right? along the likes of Logan Paul. Mm. And I read an article about this that talked about how he started out as like goofy skits and funny bits. And lately he's been evolving into some conspiracy theories that are sort Mm -hmm. of weird. So I don't understand why anybody is taking this seriously for a second other than the fact that he's popular. He'll be working for
0: Axios Mm. or... (laughs) <laughs> or uh, one of those other, maybe even Vice. You know, if he can nail one real story, maybe he'll even get a job at Vice. Yeah, but he's going right. to work his way up to scandal video guy.
2: I mean, random YouTuber thinks that something looks funny at Chuck E. Cheese is not the basis, I think, for a top story on TBTL, much less a top story anywhere. No. You want to get a scandal at Chuck E. Cheese? Swab that ball pit. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See how much MRSA
3: is in that well, one.
4: <laughs> well, and the the thing about this story is you're taking down a food item that no one cares about.
3: Right. Yeah. It's not like it's beloved. No one wants pizza. it. It's disgusting. and You need to eat it because it's there. <laughs> That's a good point.
0: It's been a very long time since I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I'm trying to remember though. We used to go to a place in I was like called spinners, which was a roller rink. Uh, And the pizza there was cooked over a a hot lamp. Like the lamp, it was like an easy bake (laughs) oven for pizza. And it would rotate on like a record player. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those are awesome. And the hot lamp was just like one stripe of lamp. And so that it would tan under Mm -hmm. it as it passed under it. And that pizza was terrible. I I don't know how that compares to to Chuck E. Cheese. Although I like that they mentioned Heggy's because Heggy's is basically the same deal. You know, that's a, well, I guess you should say the Chuck E. Cheese tape, they claim that it's made in Fresh Daily. Heggie's is frozen, but it has a specific pizza oven behind the bar. You know, you probably rent or buy the oven as part of the deal. And it's just big enough Mm -hmm. for one Heggie's pizza.
4: Well, watch for my YouTube video coming out this afternoon (laughs) where where we find out there is no actual dick in Spotted Dick. (laughs) I looked, I tasted, I tried it. No dick.
2: I I do think, though, the upshot of this story, uh, Chuck E. Cheese is repurposing their pizza, and the reaction is, so? Yeah,
4: like, all right, yeah, okay.
0: All right, Uh, let's see here. More pizza talk. We've got a story of Pashman, who worked at a pizza chain that wasn't Chuck E. Cheese uh, earlier in his life. Once served a pizza that fell face down, scooped it back up, and took it out to a bitchy table that was mad about the pizza so That's hard. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <clears throat> you know, I guess hopefully it was just a cheese pizza that was really, you know, evenly crusted over. I'm trying to think about the least porous situation here. You know, no sticky toppings on top, hopefully. Uh, Andrew says that when he was younger in school, he was a middle square slice guy. Who's a middle square slice? Right?
2: Who is that? As Luke (laughs) rightly
0: proclaimed, no handles.
2: Yeah. I mean, now we know the person.
4: They exist, though, because some people don't... They don't want the crust. The the value proposition of their pizza is better if they get one of the middle slices in, in what is called... Depending where you are, either a Chicago cut or a St. Louis cut. Yes. Which just means squares.
0: I've experienced both Chicago and St. Louis style cuts in those cities. At least it's not that terrible St. Louis pizza, though. That is the worst.
4: Right. Right. <laughs> now I'm now I'm getting my my hand all messed up from this middle slice, and the pizza sucks. Yeah. So that that's bad.
0: Uh, Pashman has quit football. Not. Not with passion or with flair, but he's just sort of drifted away from his giants fandom. Uh talking about the evils of the NFL and CTE Luke recalls the time that Tony Dorset went off on him while setting up an interview.
4: I've heard him interviewed about this problem that he has too, Tony Dorset, and it's no, actually I didn't hear him interviewed. I heard his wife interviewed. And mm-hmm. he turns into a scary, scary dude. Sure you know, on a consistent basis. And, and then you'll be sweet as hell, but it's, it's
0: weird. Uh, then we get Blair's days. So happy birthday. All you Blur's days. I didn't take any notes there. So if anyone has anything to add, <laughs> great. Uh, Perfect. Andrew's going to Maui. Uh, we get an email about the NPS store in Salt Lake city, which looks like a gigantic playground of things that fell off trucks. There's some pictures, I put the link in our notes, guys. I'll put the link in the show notes because I think it's worth seeing. It's just a warehouse full of crap. Uh, Reminds me of the Little Bit of Everything store in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which was the same premise but a lot smaller. Uh, And Andrew tells us that Genevieve has gotten into restoring uh, sort of trash-to-treasure furniture after successfully refinishing a coffee table for the house. Cool. Yeah. Good to have hobbies, you know? Luke registers wherever you get your podcasts.com, which I think he did do in real time because I tried to go buy it and I couldn't. So either he did it or Lynn did <laughs> it between Friday and Sunday. So uh, that's that week. We'll do some music for your weekend. We've got Luke doing uh, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott, which he just realized is one of the most popular artists in the country right now. Andrew did a a Japanese girl group named Chai with the song Choose Go. And listener Dylan brought us Entrance by Vacationer.
2: Housekeeping, hello. You wow. want talk? You want Rob talk? Hello.
4: Okay, uh, buy wow. stuff from us. You really
2: need to get in here.
4: Um, get our merch at littleredbandwagon.com. Um, Middle aged momish mugs. Um, we need to get more of those in the world cause they, they seem to make the guys angry. Uh, archive project, <laughs> contact Christy, get it, Christy. And, uh, and you can help us with the archive project. You buy stuff through our Amazon link at littlered bandwagon.com forward slash Amazon. Let me ask you guys a question about that. I know we're running long, but, um, does that work on your phone or your iPad or does it have to be on your PC or your well,
2: we've had this app. question before. I
0: think it has to be through a browser window, so it's difficult to do on your phone because it wants to use the app, and you can't do it through the app.
4: Um, okay. Yeah. What, so my stuff never shows up on there, and I think that's why. I think what I do I use is I add on stuff
3: it. on my phone, and then I go to my computer to do the purchase because ah, I use the well, that get, ready link get, stuff, <laughs> get ready to see some weird
5: stuff.
4: Really weird stuff. Uh, earbuds and earworms or sister podcasts. This week, um, your favorite bass lines? I think I threw one in there. I can't remember what it was. It was probably probably some cool in the gang or, or, or some such. Um, no doors. Let's see. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, no doors. There will be no doors playing on Earpods uh, and Earworms this week. Good point, Bobby.
0: You can find us uh, online uh, through a browser or your phone at com. You can uh, submit your feedback about our show or TBTL at throwyourphone.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. That handles LRB podcast. You can email us at little at gmail dot com. Voicemails and text messages at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. You can apparently, I, in honor of Hillary fax me your butt at 617-354-8513. <laughs>
4: Come on. Uh,
2: maybe uh, Hillary will fax you her butt. Oh she- God. just make
4: sure it's really well and tastefully lit and we can really just see that balloon knot we can just get right in on it
2: god (laughs) damn it made it all the way to the end of the show (laughs) this is what happens when we go over two hours sorry (laughs)
4: A-Bone
0: until next time this is the next party
4: we love you Jen I'm so sorry for the silliness that we do
2: you do it,
3: Meredith. Nailed it.
4: But did we? <laughs> I
3: don't know. It took us a while. I think we got there, though. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but should one. But should
4: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But should one.
1: Leslie, could one say that a book is nothing more than a painting of words which are the notes on the tapestry of the greatest film ever sculpted?
5: One could say that. But should one?